This is E2B, Energy to Business, a podcast by Opportune, where we bring you in-house expertise that serves all energy sectors. We examine emerging financial and technology trends and provide a broad perspective on ways to stay ahead, create opportunities, and execute market strategies. Welcome to another episode of E2B, Energy to Business, an Opportune podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. We appreciate you listening along to some broader industry thought leadership. You may notice I'm a little congested today, so uh, bear with me as we maneuver today's conversation, but I promise you it will not impede on some quality, quality thought leadership and really just some quick strategic tips on how to maneuver critical data in the upstream process for oil and gas transactions. We'll get more specific on what the topic is and what data we're talking about specifically, but first, make sure you're heading to our website, opportune.com. Again, opportune dot com for more information about our solutions and services and of course for more thought leadership including episodes of the podcast videos articles and more you can also find more episodes of e2b energy to business on apple podcasts and spotify just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous conversations plus notifications when we drop new ones So on today's episode of the show, we're giving a quick strategy update with one of our senior consultants on upstream oil and gas data. And specifically, we're going to be breaking down why accurately converting your business associate information, again, your business associate information, is a fundamental step when transferring data during an upstream oil and gas transaction or system implementation. And when we say business associate data, that includes critical data points like an associate's name, their address, their contact information like email and phone number. Could also include payment info like bank account number, routing number, etc., their tax ID, and more. And all of this is used for things like operator setup, organizing JIB decks, and deciding royalty owners on a revenue deck, and that's just scratching the surface. So we're going to dig in more with our guest today about why this is so essential, as well as why it dominoes into other aspects of the upstream process. So for insights today, we're joined by Kyle Lung, Senior Consultant at Opportune. Kyle, so great to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for the introduction. Absolutely. It's a pleasure getting to source your insights. And just so folks understand uh, what your perspective actually is and uh, where you're drawing your expertise from, can you give our audience just a quick elevator pitch on your background and how your work at Opportune intersects with our topic today? Of course. Yeah. So I've been at Opportune now for about four and a half years. Uh, I started right out of college at Opportune. As you mentioned, I'm a senior consultant now. Um, And so during that time and in the past four and a half years, I've touched a a lot of different ERP solutions where these business associates are are used. Um, You know, business associates can also be called name and address information um, or also known as business associates. So I have pretty much every single upstream transaction, um, whether that be mergers or acquisitions, uh, has some sort of conversion process as it relates to business associates. And so over those four and a half years, I've been part of over more than a dozen um, 
engagements uh, as it relates to having to convert these business associates uh, to and from multiple uh, ERP solutions. Um, so it is a topic that I, I know very well. Perfect. I appreciate that context. So like we mentioned, Kyle, we're going to be breaking down uh, some strategies as well as getting more into the why of converting business associate data in oil and gas transactions, specifically uh, during upstream transactions. So let's lay the groundwork for our audience here. Generally, why is recording uh, business associate data so important during an upstream oil and gas transaction or a system implementation? Give us that why, connect the initial dots for us. Business associates are pretty much your building blocks to to every other piece that you're going to be converting during during this um, conversion process, and so it, it's just integral because it touches so many different master data elements. And business associates are almost always what you start off with, um, because a lot of these other uh, conversion items later down uh, the road are all connected. So this is typically the first thing you do before you can really get to anything else because it's going to be used in all these other different processes uh, later down the line. Um, and making sure you get this right at the beginning is going to be integral to, to making sure that the later parts of the conversion go smoothly. Now, when you say this is a building block piece of data, can you further connect the dots on how this data ends up influencing following steps in the upstream oil and gas process or uh, where some of those touch points carry on from beginning to end? Of course. So when we're looking at business associates, you know, that's a very general term that encompasses a, a, a lot of different items. And some of them you touched upon at the, at the very beginning of this uh, podcast is, you know, and, and we'll touch them each piece by piece. So for instance, you have operators um, that are typically associated uh, within your, your well master. Those operators are a subset of your business associates. And so those are the, the operators in which you do business with. Um, then you would also now have uh, owners that are going to be on your jib and revenue decks. Um, those owners have pieces of information that are associated to them, such as uh, payment information, name and address, contact information, all this information being really important for your overall business once you are up and going to, you know, if there are issues with payment, who do you contact? So that contact information is very important to make sure you have correct and that you have it associated to the right person. You know, where are you sending that payment? Uh, you know, it, if it is mail mail payment, so that address is very important on where you send that that check to. Uh, if it is ACH uh, payment information, so then now you have banking information, routing numbers, and things of that sort um, that are all important. And tax IDs. So at the end of the year, you know, having to send 1099s out to the the different folks, uh, making sure that you have their tax information uh, correct. And then you can go down the line to now you have AP payments that you have to make to your vendors. Um, you know, you, you can't have a business unless you know you're paying other people. Uh, you're trying, you know, who are drilling and completing and, and taking care of these wells for you. Um, and so making sure that you have their payment information correct and their banking information correct, as well as you know, when we're talking about vendors, um, what sort of payments are they expecting? Are they expecting me paid in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? That's all typically part of some contractual obligation um, or in your master's, master service agreements. Uh, and all of that information is typically stored at that business associate level. Um, and, you know, we can continue going down the line of, you know, who's purchasing your actual product. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, once you've drilled and completed this well and it's now producing, um, 
who's that midstream company that is is purchasing you know your oil gas ngls from you and making sure that their payment information is correct um really and like i said earlier it is the building block to everything else so you know the things that we've touched thus far are your well master with your operators your ap payments with your vendors your jib and revenue decks with your your owners and partners um your purchasers for for your revenue deck or for your revenue setup uh it it is integral to get this correct at the beginning because of all the other pieces that it eventually will touch uh, during your conversion process. So if this is such a high touch point data set, uh, regardless of, I guess, what specific kind of upstream oil and gas transaction is happening, what are some of the consequences if there's data entry error around BA data? In other words, what could go wrong in the event of any errors in using this data? And then give us, again, the sort of dot connecting impact of how that ripples throughout uh, administrative functions or record keeping functions as well. Yeah. So you know, at the beginning, when you first start looking at this data, before you actually even start doing anything, one of the most important pieces is making sure you have all of the data. Um, and so because your business associates touch so many different data elements, it's important to make sure you have all these data elements from the beginning so you know who all your owners are, you know who all your vendors are. Um, and then pulling all that information together so you have a, a single, call it spreadsheet or a, a single database that has all of this information on there. So then you can start doing these uh, cross references and doing this this cleanup effort of making sure that there are not duplicate owners, duplicate vendors, or just really duplicate business associates within your system. Um, because if there are duplicates, then you end up having potential errors in your long run. You know, say down the line, you end up updating one owner, but that owner is duplicated within your system, but then further down the line, something changes and that owner is now on the deck, the one that was not updated. You now have a, a, a discrepancy between maybe where that check is being sent. And now you have checks being sent to the wrong address. And now you have an owner that's not being paid. Um, that's just one example of many. Um, and so it's, it's important to make sure at the beginning to have all of these data points together so that you can go through and do this checklist of, okay, let's make sure I clear out all of my duplicates so that I don't have um, multiple vendors or multiple owners that are, are, that, that are, at the end of the day, really the exact same. And so making sure that you have this clean list is, is very important. Once you do have this clean list, now some of the, the downstream effects though of making sure that all the data is correct is you know we touched upon it you know you have an owner um, that you want to send a check to and you make sure that when you bring this information into the system it's all correct and so doing all of these checks at the very beginning um, are crucial so that you, you know for your overall business in the long term you don't run into any issues now let's do the flip side of this domino effect, right? Some of the positives that come from uh, positive BA data usage. But uh, how does more thoughtful, intentional, and quality uh, intake and usage of business associate data, again, create some of those domino effects into other workflows or create some other benefits during an upstream transaction or during the life cycle of the entire upstream process? Of course. So we can take vendors, for example. Um, you know, 
to run a, a, an efficient oil and gas company, there's a lot of reports that end up having to be made uh, so that you can see how your company is doing overall. Um, when we're looking at vendors, for example, if, if we go in and we make sure that we convert the, the correct set of vendors and we make sure that their information is correct and there's not any duplicates, further down the line, you know, even now we're kind of going outside of the accounting realm, a lot of times the operations team, which is most of the time separate from the accounting team, will need reports to understand what's going on within their business. So, you know, how much money are we spending on this well? And how much are we paying to each individual vendor? Typically, each vendor is doing a very different job. Um, and so you could sometimes run or you can group reports to say, okay, you know, I want to know how much money I've sent to each vendor for this particular property. And then from there, start doing analysis on, you know, maybe we're spending too much on this. How do we get this cost down? How do we uh, bring our, our lease operating expenses down? And a lot of times those reports can be run at a, at a vendor level. So making sure that, you know, going back to making sure that there are not any duplicates within your vendors is important because, you know, you could during the AP process have an AP clerk who set, sends the payment to one vendor number that is to one vendor, but then there's a duplicate vendor in your system. And so now you have two vendors that are the exact same. The payment information is the exact same. But when that report runs, you now have a, a split between the dollars that are really going to the same person. Um, and that can end up hurting your downstream, you know, your downstream operations folks when they are looking at these reports. So if you get that information right at the beginning and you have that clean uh, information, your reporting that then goes further down the line is going to help you run your business uh, more efficiently. Um, and it also stops from having people spend time to fix these errors further down the line because at some point you are going to find these errors and then it will take you know, time and personnel to then go in, find this error, correct the error, and then potentially having to undo the error and reprocess it to put it on 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 the right business associate. Um, that is all you know time that is taken out of someone's day to do that. So in the end, it's going to cost your company more time and money uh, to get this done. So if you put the effort in up front, it will help alleviate a lot of these downstream issues. So let's talk about that thoughtful intentional investment up front and uh, some of the supporting ecosystem that makes that possible. A big part of that is going to be the right software or the right suite of technology platforms for making good use of business associate data. Uh, so I'm wondering if you could break that down for us. Basically, what kinds of software or technology platforms are typically used when inputting BA information, and then how should these touch points that we've just been talking about influence what end users should look for in those solutions? Of course, so you know, there's multiple um, accounting oil and gas solutions that are out there. Everything from from Quorum products uh, such as OGIS and 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 their main modules to P2 software such as Bolo and Excalibur. Um, and, and even going all the way down to, to SAP and, and items like that, there's a multitude of ERP systems that do oil and gas accounting. Um, what's important to then take into consideration when you are doing this process is understanding how that system works. And this is also one of the many reasons why you know, partnering with Opportune is, is good because we have a lot of experience across multiple um, ERP systems. Um, both converting out of and converting into. Um, and each system is is different in how they handle this information. 
overall, some of the basics are the same. You know, you have your name columns that are the same name column, whether whatever system you're in, your address column. But then there are pieces of, well, how how long is the character length that I'm allowed to put into this single address column or into this single name column? And what is the name of that column? And you need you, you, there are certain systems that allow you to do certain things. And so understanding what your system can and can't do, both the system you're pulling from and the system you're putting into is very important because just because there is a a limitation in the, in the system that you're pulling from doesn't mean that same limitation occurs in the system you're putting it into. Um, so it's not always a, well, I'm going to take exactly what's in the seller system and put it into the buyer system. There's some There's a middle ground in there that will take some time to say, okay, well, it's done this way in this system because of this reason, but we know in this system it can handle it in a different way. How can we best and efficiently use the system to what it was made to do? Um, and so understanding how your system works, both the one that you're pulling from and the one you're putting into is very important on how you then end up converting that data. Um, you know, going back to those character limitations, yeah, there are also systems you have your main ERP, your main accounting system, that is typically your system of record of where you're storing these business associates. But as I said at the beginning, the business associates are a building block to, to everything else. And, and that's not only within the, the ERP accounting system. That could be, you know, maybe you have a AP invoicing tool um, or you have a banking system or, you know, even just sending bank files to whatever bank your preferred banking uh, bank is. Um, you know, they all require the use of these business associates. You know, what are their names? What are their addresses? What are their contact information for the banks? What is the banking information? Um, and all of these different systems have different requirements of what they can and cannot handle. Um, so just because your main accounting ERP system uh, has certain limitations doesn't mean that the system that you might be sending this information into has the same limitations. Uh, so making sure you understand not only the system that you're converting into, but what that system is connected to is very important. Um, I can give one example, of, especially when it comes to banking information. You, know, you might have three columns that you could put name information in and three columns in which you could put address information in within your accounting system. But when you send that file to the bank to say, OK, hey, you know, we need to send checks to these people and the information is then sent over with their name and address, the check printing system that the bank may use may only allow the first two columns of the name and the first column of the address. Um, and so if you didn't put the information in correctly within your accounting system, you could then end up causing downstream effects of where that check is sent to and who that check is written to. Um, so making sure you have a good understanding of not only what information you're, you're transferring the system into, but also how that system is connected to others and how that information is going to be used is very important. So to follow up on that then, since uh, business associates are a crucial part of any data conversion effort, uh, can you give some tips on what should be considered when you're converting business associates and uh, business associate data into a more structured enterprise resource planning system. Uh, in your answer, if you could kind of track for us um, some of the reasons why we see these transitions to an ERP system, and then again, how this should influence the conversion of BAs and uh, their subsequent data. 
Yeah. So I think one of the, the first ones, and I know we've already touched upon it, is just making sure you have the full data set. Um, and so when, uh, and a lot of times this will occur for two main reasons. One is the, there is a buyer um, who went and bought either an asset or an entity from some other company. And now they are needing to add their, that seller's information into their ERP system. So that's the one, one of the largest reasons why we see the needing of this type of conversion from one system into the other um, because of uh, mergers and acquisitions that are, are occurring within the oil and gas industry. Another one is uh, that we, we see a lot is a company is on a legacy software solution and they say, you know, we, we want to upgrade to something else or, or, you know, the what this system is currently providing me isn't what we need. We need to move into something else or, or maybe they've outgrown that system and they need to go into an ERP that uh, allows them to, to do more than what they can currently do in their system today. Um, those re those two reasons are the main reasons why we see this kind of conversion needing to be done. Um, and really, both of them have different elements in which you need to take in consideration when you are doing that. Um, if you are buying someone else's assets or you're, you're, you're purchasing that whole entire company, that whole entire entity, um, you now are getting a, a load of business associates that, are, that had belonged to someone else. Their data was inputted by somebody else that maybe does not follow your business procedures in which you have at your company. Um, and so taking those out and being thoughtful about reviewing that information is very important um, because every company handles their data differently. You don't want to take in new data and then just take exactly what that person was doing before because it doesn't necessarily match up with your business process. And so then you will have data in your system that then doesn't look uh, the same across the board. So making sure that you you look at that data and convert it in a way in which it will then mesh into your system and into your current business processes is important. If you are buying assets that you are currently uh, operating in, you know, so say uh, we're in the Permian, you 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 have purchased assets from another Permian operator, so you are buying assets that are in the same area. You want to be very careful about when you're converting these business associates in, because most likely you have business associates that are the same between those two systems, uh, since you are currently operating there. Um, especially as it relates to, to owners and vendors, uh, you know, the owners in that area, uh, are going, probably going to be the same between, between the two, uh, between the buyer and the seller. So when you bring that information over again, when I say bring in all the information that doesn't, that does not only include the information on which you are acquiring, it should also include your legacy information, the information that you currently have in your system. Um, so then you can do a true duplicate check so that you're not bringing in business associates that are already in your system. Um, and especially as it relates to vendors, uh, a lot of times companies um, will have their own preferred vendors. And especially if they're already in the same asset, uh, they probably already have their preferred vendors that they're going to use. And they're not going to use the vendors that the, the legacy operator was using. Um, and so you don't want to convert in extra data if you don't have to. Um, so making sure that you look at those and say, you know what? Yeah, these may have been used, but we're not actually going to use these people going forward. It might be best not to convert them into the system. Uh, and also taking a look at, well, these operators or these vendors, when was the last time they were used? You know, some companies are can, 
be as old as they want to be. And so, you know, you have companies that might be around that you that you've bought their assets that have been around 20, 30, 50 years. And therefore they have 30, 40, 50 years of of vendors in their system that they've used over time. Some of those companies may have gone um may have been, you know, bought, sold, merged into other companies now. So that 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 business associate that is there hasn't been used in years, but it was still part of the transition or the transaction because it's in the the asset in which you're acquiring. Um, but you don't want to convert those because you're never going to use them. So now you're crowding up your system with with information that you're never going to look at. Um, so making sure that, you know, a lot of times kind of a good rule of thumb and, and it's definitely something you have to talk to, to the client about or to the buyer about and say, you know, how much history do you want to bring in? Do we want to bring in two years of recent vendors? Do we want to go one year um, and it's it's very much a client by client what they would like to see in their system but the answer typically is not oh just take everything um, it's let's have a conversation and say you know let's be mindful about what we actually want um, so that's really important one of the other pieces too that I that can have some uh, that can be looked over especially at the beginning when you're trying to put all this data together is the conversation around suspense and and, and historical data? Um, so, you know, at the beginning, most transactions are going to include the suspense, and that will then be brought over into the buyer who's picking up these assets. Um, and there could be suspense owners there again if the company is 30, 40, 50 years old that have that have been there for a long time, and especially if that company that you're buying from hasn't sheeted uh, the suspense to the state. Um, you could end up having, you know, very legacy, very old suspense that is still up to the buying company to take care of. Um, so making sure that you get a good list of, okay, what are all the owners that are in suspense? That is a, a good question to ask at the very beginning. And of course, there are always going to be some that are going to be missed. And, and at the very end, you do, you know, once everything's done and you've transferred everything into the new system, it's always good to go back and say, okay, what am I missing? And do a double check. Uh, cause you're bound, you know, some of these transactions can include thousands, tens of thousands of of uh, business associates and then all of their data points. So you could get into millions of records at this point. So always going back and double checking and making sure that you have all the information you need to make sure that the the buyer, the client has what they need to go forward and operate efficiently is always important. All right, Kyle, I feel like we've touched on all of the core basics and some straightforward strategies that end users can implement today to start to better use, analyze, and cull through their business associate data. Uh, just last question for you to wrap up. Is there anything else that you think our end users uh, should consider when it comes to converting BA data? Uh, anything in particular that's either fresh or just now evolving that people should know about or keep in mind to close things out? Uh, I would say that, you know, one of the things to always keep in mind too is, is and one that I feel like is not talked about a lot at the very beginning is, is going back to that, how, you know, having a plan about how you're going to convert that banking information. Um, a lot of times that is just, it, it's very crucial information of who you're paying. Cause at the end of the day, you know, a business doesn't work very well if you're not paying the right people. Um, and people tend to get very upset when you don't pay them. So how you go about converting that banking information um, is very important and and making sure you have a plan, you know, how and how you are going to want to convert that data is very important. There are some companies that end up saying, you know what, um, either part of the transaction, the banking information is not included or the banking information is included, but it may be old. Um, so, you know, you have your 
your plan about how you may convert your business associates. But there should also be either, you know, a, a line within that or even a whole separate conversation around how are we going to convert this banking information? Um, so making sure that, that that is also at the forefront of the conversation when you start talking about a business associates is very important. And I think on that note, we'll go ahead and close things out. Kyle Lung, Senior Consultant at Opportune, thank you so much for all your perspectives today and for walking us through why recording business associate data is so critical to the upstream oil and gas process, whether that's a new transaction or a system implementation. Again, Kyle, if folks want to find out a little bit more about uh, some of your work in this space, maybe they want some of your senior consultation, uh, or they just want to find out more about how Opportune is assisting in this side of the oil and gas world, how can they get in touch? How can they learn more? I would definitely say the first place to go look is, is what, and what you mentioned at the very beginning is going to opportune.com. Um, there's a lot of information out there uh, across multiple business sectors uh, and energy sectors, uh, even outside of the upstream uh, portion. Um, and of course, the information that we've talked about during this uh, podcast, uh, I also wrote an article about it uh, previously that is also on Opportune's website. Um, so if you want to dive in more uh, into this topic in particular, I would say go out and find that article uh, and read more into it. Perfect. Kyle, thanks again for your time and looking forward to getting you on again soon. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of E2B, Energy to Business, an opportune podcast. If you like what you heard today and you want some previous episodes, maybe you want to catch up on some of the video versions of the podcast, or you just want more information on Opportune, make sure you're heading to our website, opportune.com. And for that full catalog of previous episodes, plus notifications when we drop new ones, make sure that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of E2B.